have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God.
Good morning to each and every one again. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We thank you for joining us today. And we thank all of those that came out, our praise and worship team, our technology crew that's in the sound room this morning, uh, making sure that we're getting out to you by CD and by the airwaves. This is an exciting time, as I said earlier, and as Grace was sharing with you this week, you know, this is this, uh, sharing with us the second time that Jesus ever rode on an animal in his life, and uh, he was riding to his death. But again, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your prayers, most of all. Thank you for your continuous support and all that you're doing in this time that we're in. This time will pass. This season will pass. And we will be in another season. I'd like to share this morning a message that God gave me, I believe, to share with you. The title of it would be Watch. Watch. In Revelation chapter 22, look at these first four verses. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as a crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruit, yielding her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. I believe our nations need to be healed, church. And there shall be no more curse. We are in a curse right now, but he's saying there will be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. That's what I want to key on this morning, serving him. Watch and serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And they shall see his face, and their name shall be in his forehead. You know, the Bible starts off in Revelations chapters uh, 3. Chapters 2 and 3 deals with the church heirs of history. And I want to pick up on the last through of, of, of the three periods of history starting in chapter 3 this morning. And I want us to remind ourselves of something very, very important. I believe we're clearly living in the last days. And in Revelation chapter 3, those first five verses, he's speaking to the church at Sardis. And listen what he says at the church of, at Sardis, verse 2. Be watchful. That's my message today. As servants of God, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain and are ready to die. God is telling us something is not exactly right, even in his church. Remember he said, judgment will begin at the house of God. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, now thou hast received and heard. Remember what we read in the word of God every day. Hold fast and repent. I therefore thou shalt not watch. I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come. Thou hast a few things, even in Sardis, which have not defiled thy garments, and they shall walk with me in white. There are few, he said, and they will walk with him in white, for they are worthy. Look at verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot their names out of the book of life. Draw with me to verse 7. We talk to the church of Philadelphia. 
In verse 8 he says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and you have kept my word, and you have not defiled my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, or not, but do not lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship, therefore, thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from that hour of temptation, which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, fast, which thou hast. Fasten to it. Behold, I come quickly, he says here, I come quick. Fast, he says here. He says, and no man takes my crown. And finally, he says in verse 14, as he speaks unto the church of Laodicea, and pick up with me in verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would wish that thou were cold or hot. So then, henceforth, thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, thou have need of nothing. Thou knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked. I counsel with thee to buy of gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. And many of and many as I love, I rebuke and chasten to, and I believe God is right now in a chastening process in our world today. And remember, judgment begins at the house of God. We are not excluded. I mean, people say, well, we need a, a revival. Well, we need to go beyond a period of revival, and we need to be in a period of, of dawning of an awakening. We need to be in an awakening today because our world needs an awakening moment today. So that's why he said in verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at that door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him, and I will sup with him, and he will sup with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also have overcome and am set down with my Father in his throne. Look at this, verse 22. Seven times Jesus says this. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says into the churches. Now go with me to Revelations this morning and now... We have seen through this revelation, God is saying something, I believe, to our world today, to our nation today, even to his church today, that he's finding some things in our life that has been prolonged and been letting get by, slide by, and very little has been done about it. But yet now, God is beginning to awaken us that we can see that something needs to be done. We need, as the church body of believers, we need to start watching. We need to watch. We need to pray. We need to take note of the Word of God, what it says. Watch what he says in his Word. Here in Revelation chapter 3, three times he said unto the churches, he says, watch and pray. 
three times he's telling us to make ourselves ready. Things that are not pleasing to him, we need to get rid of. And things that are, we need to enhance. We need to do them more because we are the servants of God that he's left to watch in this world today. The Bible teaches us at this time we are entering into Easter. My wife shared with us this, this last week this, that we have, are entering into the leading up of the crucifixion of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm challenging each one next Sunday. We had to cancel our sunrise service, but I'm challenging each one of you next Sunday, arise early and go outside and watch that sunrise. And as that sun rises next Sunday, you know, church, it's not a time to be shut up and shut in and not reading the Word and praying and doing the things that God tells us to do. We need to exit our homes next Sunday. We need to face the eastern sky. We need to see that sun rise, and we need to worship the Lord as it rises. We need to give praise and glory and honor to God next Sunday as that sun rises because the enemy has, has come in like a flood into the world because he knows his time is short, very, very short. So I'm challenging everyone next Sunday, you know, don't sleep in. Don't, you know, be disconcerned. Be concerned about what this season is all about. This is the most exciting time. This is the, is the birth, the death, and the resurrection of our eternal life by accepting Jesus Christ. So next Sunday morning, go out in faith and watch that sunrise and worship the Lord as that sun rises because on the third day, Jesus arose for us. And this is not just our foundation he's not just our foundation but he is our entirety of belief we are not only established on him we're sure-footed in him because of him we have eternal life because of him everything we see and teach and read and share from the Word of God we know it's eternal like death is not eternal for the Christian Jesus died, but yet he rose. He said, I laid down my life, but I will pick it up again. And what we're going to do one day by serving him is we're going to lay down our life. And then on that glorious day of his return, he's going to pick our life up again. So the entirety of our belief is on the foundation of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is on the death, burial, and the resurrection and our faith in him. Without Easter, we would just be like any other religious occult. But Easter, we have something that no other religion or occult in this world have. We have a risen Savior. We have a Savior that is alive. He said, I am alive and I am alive forevermore. And he said, because I live, ye shall live also. So our Christianity is based on a true fact. It's based on the truth of the Word of God. So we have a living Savior who came and He died for our sins and He rose again on the third day that through by us, we accepting Him, we can have eternal life. I believe God has given not only the, word, the world, but I believe with all my heart God is giving His church an awakening call that we can check ourselves and see if we're doing everything that he has called us to do. Are we using our giftings and talents? Even if by sacrificing is inconvenient, are we doing what God has called us to do? Have we been sleeping or uh, just disconcerned? 
in the world today? Has our world been uh, asleep? You know, I remember the day that uh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. And I remember that day that, that Admiral standing on that ship, what he said, when everybody was saying, hurrah, 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 you know, we, we have victory. I remember that Admiral saying, he said, I believe we have only awakened a sleeping giant. My friend, I want the devil to know that he has an awakening of sleeping giants. We that have been sleeping on the Lord, we that have been lax on the Lord are waking up and we're beginning to see, the church is beginning to see the coming of the Lord is so near. It's knocking at our, our door. And as that admiral said, I want us to say, all you've done, Satan, is awaken a sleeping giant because Jesus Christ is alive and he's, and he's real and he is the giant of our, our life. Whatever we ask in his name, he said he would do. So we're serving him. And I pray as we serve him, we don't use him for earthly, worldly gain. I'm afraid many times we look and see in the church that Christ can be used for earthly and worldly gain. I don't have time to get into that, but I want us to check ourselves and see, are we serving him with the giftings and talents, with the finances and the ability and the longevity of our life that he's sparing us to go forth and do what he's called us to do. It's time to awaken. It's time to repent. It's time to start watching. It's time for us to do what God's called us to do. For he is truly our harvest is plentiful, but he said my labors are few. We are the labors of the Lord. Even his enemies are afraid and they're watching. Even his enemy. Now, if his enemy is afraid and watching, should we not be watching also, church? I'm not afraid because I know everything's under the blood, as Grace said earlier. I know we've been covered by the precious blood of Jesus, so I'm not afraid, but I need to check and ask myself, am I watching? In the, in the Bible says in Matthew 27, pick up with me, please, on, on verse 62 this morning, and, and look what Jesus says. Look, listen to these words. Now, the next day, following the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together under Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver, talking about Jesus here, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Those were his words. He commanded, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until that third day lest his disciples would come by by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. In other words, what the religious leaders were saying, that the last error will be worse than the first. If he rises, now this is the enemy. Satan is using those. Now my friend, if he tried to use Peter to stop Jesus from going to the cross, he still uses religious leaders to stop Jesus from doing what he wants to do because the enemy in their lives is saying the last will be worse for us than the first. I'm saying to Satan today and to you today, my friend, that the last is going to be worse than the first. We're, we're going to go through troubles and trials and tribulations and hardships and times the enemy knows this. The enemy knows that his days are approaching. They're about gone. And he knows that the end is going to be far greater, far worse for him than the first. Pilate said to them in verse 65, You have 
what? A watch. A what? What am I talking to you about this morning? A watch. Go your way, make as sure as you can. So they went and they made the sulfur sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now we have the stone sealed, we have the governmental seal on that, and we have guards that are now watching that. But watch what happens. Watch what happens. Even the enemy is setting and watching. As they sat and watched that tomb that the stone would roll back on and become empty, the enemy is sitting back today watching, church, what are we going to do? Watching the next move that God's going to make because not even we, the church, knows the time of the coming of the Lord. But yet the Word teaches us of the seasons that we will know when we begin to see the fig tree bud. When we begin to see these things come about, about, then we will begin to know. So if the enemy is watching, surely we should be watching and praying every day for the return of the Lord and for souls to be, be saved. Now back with me in, in the book of Matthew chapter 24. You know, it seems like many times we have found ourselves caught up in self-interest, even in the church today. And by being caught up in the self self-interest, we sometimes uh, become afraid and forget what we are supposed to be doing. We get so busy with ourselves and with what we want, we forget about what the Lord, even the church, can get so busy involvement in all the things that it's doing and think that it's correctly doing them, correctly preaching, correctly teaching, correctly worshiping and praising, correctly doing things for the Lord, but yet many times we can get ourselves in there and get caught up in ourselves and not do as we should be doing. And we become less faithful. And we become less wise when we do that. So he warns us in Matthew 24, and I'm going to pick it up at verse 42, and look what he says. Watch, watch therefore, for you know not the hour that the Lord does come. What does God say? Church, he tells us to watch. Watch your next door neighbor. Is your next door neighbor saved? Watch the one that works with you. Are they saved? Watch yourself. Am I doing what I should be doing? Verse 43. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have if I known, I would have watched, he said, and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. So he tells me if I will stand watch, I will know the enemy and my house, my family will not be broken up. Therefore, he says in 34, be ye also ready for in such an hour you think it not, the Son of Man is coming, whom then is faithful and wise servant. Church, he says, we are to be faithful and we are to be wise. Whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Look at verse 46. Blessed is that servant when his Lord, when he comes, he shall find doing. Blessing. So are we faithful and are we wise? He said, well, then we are doing what God has called us to do. And by remaining faithful and wise, we will be blessed at the coming of the Lord. You know, I'm reminded in the Bible, and we know the parables that Jesus taught in Matthew. He also told us in 25 the, the parable of the ten virgins. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. 
Now remember, all ten of them, they were virgins. So that means all ten of them were right before the Lord. All ten of them were pure before God, but only five of them showed up to be wise. Like there was an appearance of that. Is the church going through appearance today? Do we go through our praise and worship? Do we go through our teaching and preaching? Do we go through our worship before God? Do we go through our coming in the house of the Lord? Do we just go through emotion? If, if we're going through emotion, then we're doing all of this foolishly in vain. We need to, it's not a show. Just because we are a church, just because we bear the cross, just because we do the things the Bible teaches us to do, doesn't necessarily mean that we are doing them correctly or we doing them sincerely, wholeheartedly for the Lord. So while the five that were wise were prepared at the coming of the bridegroom, they left. But the other five that were foolish went to get oil for themselves that they could go with them. And they said, not be so because we would not have enough for ourselves. We cannot give away what we have. And what I mean by that, each one of us, the Bible says, works out our own plan of salvation with fear and trembling. Each one of us works out our giftings and talents. Each one of us works out our daily living for the Lord individually. Uh, I can't do your job that God's called you to do. You can't do what God's called me to do. We can work together and we can share, but nobody can replace you, my friend. If God has called you to do something, watch and pray and do all that God's called you to do. And don't be like the five foolish ones that went to purchase, and when they returned and came back, they found out that the door was again shut, and they listened to the words of the Holy Spirit. They listen to words that Jesus said. And when Jesus speaks, we need to listen to what he says. Matthew 25, I'm going to pick it up at verse 11. And, and listen, listen to this. Watch, therefore. There's that word again. What am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about watch. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man shall come. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man that, tra that traveled into a far country, and when he called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods, and then he went away. And unto one he gave five. And then verse 16 said, he received that five. And in verse 17 to another one it says here, he gave two, and he received those two. And after a long time, verse 19 says, the servant comes and he reckons with them. You know, there is a reckoning day. There is a reckoning day. And I want you to know that in verse 11, it says, Afterwards came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. You know the saddest thing for an individual to hear one day? It's when those shall stand before the Lord that's been in church all their life and say, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out demons in thy name? Or can I say, have we not preached in your name and taught in your name and played in your name and worshiped in your name and sung in your name and come to church every Sunday in your name to hear the words of the Lord? Depart from me, you works of iniquity. I never knew you. Lord, open the door. You know, there's another account in the Bible, book of Genesis, that when God had shut the door, the ark of the of Noah that they came and knocked on the door and pleaded to get in and Noah couldn't open the door because God shut the door 
My friend, once God shuts the door of life for us, there's, no, there's not another opportunity. That's why he says today is the day of salvation. That's why we rejoice and live every day as it is our last day because the Lord Jesus is coming back. But look what he says in verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man shall come. Watch, he's coming. That's what he's saying. Watch, he's coming. Be like the five wise virgins. Be, have your oil and your lamps trimmed and be ready to go and do what God has called us to do. The Bible tells us in the book of St. Luke and the 12th chapter, again, I'd like for us to listen to the word of the Lord. He says in verse 29 of, the, of this chapter as he speaks to you and I this morning, and seek ye what ye shall eat. Seek ye not, he says. We're in a, we as almost at a time of a famine like in the days of Joseph, you know, in a, in a, but we're not, church. But the way that people are running to stores and buying up and in and, and, and consumption things and shelves being emptied out, you know, and people running to and fro and worried, even church people. I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned. We should be concerned enough that we'll be wise enough to pray to the Lord and ask God's deliverance and ask God's advice. But look what he says here. Seek ye not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither ye of a doubtful mind. Don't be of a doubtful mind. Ye that are of a doubt, don't be of a doubtful mind. Don't doubt, doubt what God can do. It's not over, you know. It's not over. Look, it, it, it you know, I love the recitation. Uh, it's Saturday, but Sunday's coming. My friend, don't be doubtful. Believe what you read in the Word of God. If He is good enough to save you, He's good enough to keep you, hang on until He returns. Because He says in verse 30, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Look, look at the nation. Look, look at our situation of the nations of the world today. They seek after these things. Your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. See, God knows what we need. He knows that we need clothes. He knows that we need food. He knows we need drink. Verse 31, but rather you seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things that will be added to you. Seek God first. And God will give us these things. It may not be steak and potatoes every night. It may not be what we want every night. But God will supply all of our needs according to riches and glory. And remember, his storehouse is still full. Verse 30, 32 says, fear not little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's God's pleasure. Jesus came, suffered, bled, and died, and rose again that you and I could have the kingdom of God. So he says, fear not. Don't be doubtful. He says, say what you have, give it to the poor. Give it your arms. Look what he says here. Sell that you have. Get rid of what you have. Sell that that you have. In other words, freely I've given unto you. Go out and do likewise, he says. Give your alms, provide yourself bags, wax not old, treasures in heaven that fainteth not, whereas no thief appears, neither moth can corrupt them. But look at verse 34. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Don't build things up that moths. Don't build things up that termites can eat away on. Don't build things up that will shortchange you and leave you outside of the will of God. Seek you first, he said, his kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry about tomorrow. God will take care of tomorrow, and God will take care of you and I tomorrow also. 
So look up. Lift up your heads. Verse 33 through 36. He says, look up and watch and pray. Two things, watch and pray. You know, my wife and I, we decided a month ago that that's something that we needed to do new, new. And you know what? Every night, and we invite you to pray. Every night at 9 o'clock, we enter to our living room. We gather on each side of our ottoman. We're there side by side, and we pray. We pray for our everything. We pray for all of you, all, all the members of this church and other churches, for all the staff of this church, for the staff of the daycares, you know, we, we pray for those that are in the sound room all the way back to the stage for the worshipers and the players. We pray for their families. We, we pray that God's will be done. We pray to give glory and honor. We pray for healing of, of our community, our churches, and the churches in the nation. We pray for our leadership that God has put over us, that they make wise decisions. There's so much that we, we just nail down and we pray and we pray and we pray. We invite you to do that. Pray every day. Watch and pray. Watch and see what God is doing in the midst of a very time of confusion. Watch and pray and see what God is doing. In the book of Mark, the 13th chapter, I'd like to read to you verse 28. And as we look at this, look what Jesus is saying. But after that I am risen, I will go before you in Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will I not. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, This day thou, thou this day even in this night before the cock crows thrice, thou wilt deny me thrice. Now think about that, church. Thou will deny me. Well, let me back up just a little bit and share this with you, if I may. He says here, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When the branches are yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that the summer is near. Yea, in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of the day and hour no man knoweth, nor the angels, nor which are in heaven, neither the Son, but only the Father. Take heed and look, watch and pray, for you know not when that time is. You know not when that time. So watch, take, and pray. Don't go sleeping. Don't go sleeping around. The church, you know, the church is a servant of the Most High. He gave us the authority to do His work. So He said, don't sleep. Don't boast on what you're going to do like Peter said he was going to do. And Jesus says, no, you're not. You are going to forsake me. You are going to deny me. Don't boast on what you're going to do. Trust the Lord. Watch and pray and trust the Lord. Find the things that you need to be doing and do them for the Lord. Seek Him, pray, listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks to your heart and life. In Matthew 26, I want to read verse 36 to you and, and listen to these words because they're very powerful words. They're Jesus' words. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit ye here 
while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be in sorrow very heavily. Peter, James, and John, go a step further with me and stay awake and pray with me. Verse 38 said, Then, then, he, then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and what? Watch me. I'm talking to you today, church, about watching. Jesus says, watch me. Don't look at this virus. Don't look at all these nations. Don't look at the news that is very negative. But look at Jesus. Watch Jesus. Verse 39. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, thy will be done. And when he cometh back to his disciples, he founded them asleep. And he said to them, and Peter, what could you not watch? Watch with me one hour. Church, can we not watch with the Lord? Verse 41 says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is truly willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, the flesh is so very weak. Only the Spirit, he says, is willing. And then he went away, verse 42 again, and he prayed again. He says, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass, but nevertheless, thy will be done. And he came and found him, in verse 43, asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he, and he left him, and he went away again, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. And look at verse 45. Then he cometh to his disciples, and he said to them, Sleep on now. Sleep on now. Take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. Church, I'm saying, he came to them the first time to wake them up and tell them, watch. There's time. But now he's saying, sleep on. He's at the door. There's no more time. There's no more time. Listen to what he's saying. He says, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, then he says. Rise. Rise and go forth. And behold, is at hand the one that does betray me. So then he says, watch. And then there will come a time when he's going to say, well, you can sleep now. Like the five foolish virgins, you know, you can't go buy and sell now. I mean, it's too late to go purchase now. The bridegroom has already come. And he's saying to the church, if you're in a, in, in a state of, of sleeping when you're supposed to be watching, wake up now and watch and pray. Be alert. Or if not, there's going to come a time when you can sleep. Because the sad thing is, when it comes time to rise, the betrayer is here. It's going to be too late for many people. It's going to be too late for them. So watch and pray and don't sleep. We, the church, are the servants of God. Watch and pray. We are the same church today as it was 2,000 years ago. We should have enhanced ourselves. We should have become greater and minor than we were even then. God is telling us the same thing he told his disciples, the same thing he told his church then. He says it's time to watch. He said, I know the flesh is weak, but in verse 43, he says, I know the Spirit is willing. 
So when he found them asleep again, what he, he says unto them, I know your flesh is weak. I know your eyes is heavy. It says it here in Matthew where he, he taught them, I know your eyes are heavy. But can't you watch with me one hour? Can't you pray with me one hour, he's saying, for this? So I believe as I close this morning, I'm saying to all of us today, it's, it's time for an awakening. It's time for us to get our life set and right with God. Listen to the words and the Spirit of God where he says, it's time to watch. It's not time to wait. The day of waiting is over with. It's time for working. It's time for watching for the Lord, you know. Uh, but what, when we are watching, what are we supposed to be doing, church? Well, if you look up the word watch, the word watch means for us to be attentively. We need to be attentively. We need to be attentively with the Lord. It means to wait expediently and constantly. We are to wait every moment of every hour for the day for the return of the Lord, and we are to constantly be on wait for the, for the Lord. And it also means to go without sleep. Oh, I don't know if I can do this, Lord. I don't know if I can fast this week. I don't, I don't know if I have time to pray this week. If we were to be a watcher for the Lord, he's telling us sometimes we had to go without our natural convenience, and sleep is one of them. To watch means for us to be alert. To watch means for us to be informative, to be concerned about others, not only ourselves. And to watch also means for us to be carefully observing. Are we carefully observing what's happening in our world and its situation today? Are we watching that close? I want to close with this story and listen very carefully to this story because we're celebrating. We're going into Passover. We're celebrating, getting ready for the resurrection. Our everything. I heard this story told uh, by, by Richard this past week, Fuller. He told about in World War I there was devastation all over. All over. Devastation of a great war, World War I. And there in the Middle East, there were children and parents separated. There was devastation on every hand. Everywhere people were looking, there were children without parents and parents without children. They had no food. Their economy was terrible. One day in an orphanage there in Europe, an old man walked in. His wife had, had died in the war from a, a stray bomb. And he had his little six-year-old daughter with him in his hand. And he walked up to this orphanage that already had 1,300 children in it. And he walked up to the administrator and said to the administrator, he said, I have no food. I have no home. I have no job. All I have is my six-year-old daughter, and I have nothing to give her. Will you take my child and raise my child and feed my child and clothe my child and help my child live? And the administrator said, no, sir, I can't do it. He said, as long as you are alive, I can't do it. He said, sir, are you telling me that as long as I'm alive, you can't take care of my six-year-old daughter, but if I was dead, you would receive her in your over, overwhelmed, overpacked orphanage? He said, yes, I would. We would be able to do that. He looked down and he knelt down before his daughter. He looked her in the eyes. He says, 
you know I love you. And you know that I will see you again. And he put his arms around her and he hugged her and he prayed with her and said, never forget, I will see you again. And then he gets up and he takes her hand and he puts her hand into the hand of the administrator and he looks the administrator straight in the eye and he says, sir, in just a few moments of time, I can make these arrangements. And he went out and he hung himself. He went out and hung himself. Church 2,000 years ago. Listen to me. This was a father that loved a daughter so much he gave his life knowing she would be taken care of. 2,000 years ago, we had a father in heaven that wanted to receive us in badly, but he could not receive us in because it required a death. 2,000 years ago, his son Jesus came to this earth and he took our hands and he walked us before the Father and placed our hands into the hands of a loving Father and looked at his Father and he says, Father, I have made the arrangements. And Jesus came and he hung himself on a tree and he died for you and me so that we could be provided for, so that we could be part of the family of God. That what he says in his word, he would clothe us. That he would feed us. But most of all, church, he would one day come back for us. Because he overcame death, hell, and the grave. He met the requirements of the Father. Now you and I meet the requirements of the Father. Because when he looks at us, he no longer sees sin. Jesus has already put our hand in his hand. Father, as we close this service today and we look unto you, the Word says that you're the author and finisher of our faith. The Word teaches us, Lord, that you all that we need. I pray, Lord, as your church that we're watching and praying. I'm praying, Lord, as your church today that we are wise, Lord, and listening to the Holy Spirit speak to us. We are in a devastated world today, not just a country, but every country is being affected, Lord, by a disease, by a virus, Lord, that has come forth. It's affecting our economy, Lord. It's affecting everything about us, Father. It's as if it was, as Grace said earlier, the plagues that went through Egypt. We are being plagued. But God, there's one thing that we, the church, need to realize as servants of the Most High. We need to be on watch and get out there and see those that have no faith, those, Lord, that love the world more than they do you. We need to be on watch, Lord, and we need to go out there and share a message with them that we know someone who came and died, that we know someone that shed his blood, that we know someone that can put our hands into the hands of a loving Father. We know that our Savior Jesus Christ is the answer that every nation on this earth needs. We know that this earth is going to be destroyed one day, but we know also, Lord, that you're coming back. We know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. We know we're going to have a new body, Father. We know that we're going to have and enjoy life without any sin whatsoever, Lord. We don't want to be like the five foolish virgins. We want to be like the five wise virgins. We want to make preparations today. We want to listen to the Holy Spirit. Seven times in Revelations 2 and 3, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit my friend, I pray that you hear what the Spirit of the Lord said unto you today. And church, I pray that you're watching and doing what God has called you to do. It's time to repent. It's time, Lord, to have go beyond revival. It's an awakening time. Wake us up, Jesus, like you woke up your disciples. 
and I pray we don't go back to sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and have a great day.